Now this is Hollywood Unlocked. Yo, it's Hollywood Unlocked Uncensored. I'm Jason Lee. What's good? It's DJ Damage. All right. So, you know, we've been talking about uh, the Black Brand Matters and talking about Black entrepreneurs. And so with us today, we have Takesha Clark, who's the CEO and founder of Capital Postal and Mailbox. She's from Compton, but um, hey. your business is in Long Beach, right? Right. Correct. Now, you are CEO. You are a boss. Talk to us. When did you have it in your mind that you didn't want to work for anybody? <laughs> At a very young age, <laughs> when I was probably about 14, 15 years old, actually. Now, where did that come from? Is that something you've seen in your family? Did something happen? Um, well, yeah, I seen it in my family. My grandfather, you know, he had businesses. My grandmother had businesses. Um, and so I just that was just something that I kind of looked at as a young girl growing up. And I was like, you know, and they, they was really doing it. You know, they was really doing it. They had clubs and, and everything. So my grandfather had a limousine service. So, yeah, of course, I was like, you know, that's how I want to be. <laughs> now, so, what's, in yeah. what's interesting about your story, you did something I've never done. And a lot of people I don't think have done. You saved up four years of your tax refund and you didn't yes, spend I any. Did. You saved it up. I didn't spend any. I saved it up, yeah. So how old were you when you did this? And and this is the money you used to start your business, right? Yeah, well, to start my, to become, when I first started my Liberty Tax, I, I started off franchising with Liberty Tax. I had a Liberty okay. Tax franchise at first. And then, um, I, you know, I, I, I did that for like three years. And then I branched off. And went independent and started my own tax company called Good Faith Tax Services. And then a year later, I started my capital. So you saved the tax money to start the franchisable Liberty Tax business. Right. <laughs> Learned how to do it Learned through the franchise. And then once you learned the game, went and had your own business. Right. Started my own business. Correct. <laughs> so I basically paid for the game to learn how to you know, go off and do it independently. But that's what I tell people all the time that the game is like, you're supposed to get in, learn it, get out and own it. Right. Like ownership should right. be something that we should all strive to be, but you didn't just own a tax company. You also went on to own a trucking company and a daycare and then daycare. now a post office. So like, right. how do you just, I mean, how do you just diversify your portfolio like that? Is it stuff that you're passionate about or just areas where you see, you know, we could have ownership? Um, well, yeah, I'm passionate about, uh, helping people. So anything they got to do with helping somebody or, you know, um, coming up with some kind of solution to help, you know, any, you know, with any business, you know, is, is really coming up with a solution to resolve whatever the problem is. So for me, you know, anything that I can help, then yeah. And, 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 and I can be passionate about and I can make money doing is always an A plus, you know. Now, I feel like a lot of people have aspirations to start a business for those um, young girls, young guys that's coming up that was 14 or, you know, whatever. When you started your business, 17, when you started the daycare, what's some advice for them from the get the mindset of starting to own? Like what's some of those first steps? Well, um, they got to be motivated. That's number one. 
They got to be willing to sacrifice. They got to be dedicated. And then they just got to believe in themselves. Like you really got to believe in yourself and believe you can do it. And and you can't be lazy or stagnated. You have to you have to be serious about it. So, you know, if they go for it, you know, as long as they stay consistent, you know, the sky's the limit. Wait, so so you've been an entrepreneur for 17 years. You didn't start your business at 17, right? Right. So, no. So, basically, I started my daycare back in 2003. Okay. Okay, okay. That was my first that was my first initial uh business that I started. And then from there, you know, I started buying property and stuff like that at the age of 25. But at 17, you were a young mother to your first kid, right? And that sometimes young women feel overwhelmed and don't find the motivation to pursue their passions or their careers. What was it for you that allowed you to just keep going in spite of, you know, all those statistics? Um, well, being a, a single mother and then my, you know, my mother, she didn't raise me. So I kind of was like very motivated to be better, you know, and to be able to provide for my daughter and give her the life that I never had. So I was just very motivated to just do something better with myself, with my life, you know, and to be better as a mother for mine, you know, because my mother was addicted to drugs. So my grandmother raised me and my siblings. So me and a friend of mine were talking about recently, she moved all of her money out of City National and she moved it into a black owned bank. How important as a black entrepreneur, you're an entrepreneur, damage is an entrepreneur, I'm an entrepreneur. How how important is it? Do you think it how important do you think it is that we as a black community support black businesses, big and small? It's very important. Um, I also have um I'm with one United Bank. That's yeah. the bank that I bank with the black owned business. Yeah. So I have my business. Uh, accounts there and personal accounts there and everything. So, yeah, I'm very supportive of of helping and supporting my Black-owned businesses. So Capital Postal and Mailbox Service, how did that come about? And tell us about why you chose Long Beach if you're from Compton. (laughs) Okay, so how that came about is, well, I always wanted to do uh, a postal store. So that was something that I, I've always wanted to do. And it was funny because I had a friend of mine that I actually went to school with and she had had one first. And what happened was I was already in the process of trying to get my going. And she contacted me and she was like, um, I'm selling. Um, she shut hers down. She was in Compton, actually. So she shut hers down. Um, I don't really know the backstory of that, but she ended up shutting it down and she was selling everything. So um, she had hit me up because she knew I had a Liberty tax at the time. And she was just like, she knew I was, you know, doing business. So she was like, she hit me up and said she had like all of the stuff that she had in her store for sale. So, and she sold it to me and I bought everything from her and like two months later, I started. I started my my store, my um, Capital Postal location, and she was like, "Wow, you move fast!" And I was like, "Yeah," because I, I was already in the process of doing it. Mm. Right. 
So for, it, was, it was just like confirmation when she called me about the stuff. <laughs> for for people, especially people of our color, black people that want to start businesses, is it hard to raise capital to start a business? What is that process like? Um, well, it can be hard, but me, you know, you just got to come up with a strategic way on how to do it. You know, like for me, like what I did, you know, I said, I'm going to save my refund money uh, for until I get enough to do what I'm trying to do. And that's what I did, because at the time, you know, I wasn't established enough to actually go to a bank and get the money. But, you know, I had to grow and, and learn those steps. But I ended up, you know, saving my refund money, making my money and, um, I end up starting my business and that's how I started. So, you know, it's, it's ways to just be strategic about it. And that was one of my strategic ways. So capital postal mailbox service, you have mailbox rentals, you can expedite passport scanning, uh, passport photos, printing, you have UPS, FedEx, and all of the, uh, the companies that uh, mail packages through your company. What else do you want people to know about your company and why people should, uh, should go there? Well, what else I want them to know about it is that we have great customer service skills <laughs> and we and we we're very hands on with our customers. We treat them like royalty. So, you know, um, I'm also adding other things to the store. I'm in the process of starting a carrier service as well as a package hub center. So that's something that's in the makings right as we speak. Come on. So it's it's my store been approved for the package health center. So, you know, I'm still just doing paperwork, you know, and getting that going. Well, nice. Congratulations. Well, thank you so much for coming here and sharing your business with us and doing business with Hollywood Unlocked. You know, we want to be able to create a space for entrepreneurs of color all over the world to be able to highlight what they're doing, because you never know who's watching and who may feel like, yo, if she could do it, I could do it. So. Congratulations right. on everything. Well, yeah. And I just want to say one more thing. Like, you know, I'm also in the near future, I'm working on that too, is I'm going to be franchising. So people that want to come on board and want to become entrepreneurs, I will be, you know, franchising the Capital Postal and Mailbox Services. So, uh, and then I'll, I'll help with getting funding for, you know, the people that want to come on board. So, yeah, so that's something that I just want to throw out there. So if people is, you know, I know people is listening. So I want to let them know that that that's something I'll be doing in the near future. Yeah, no, that's great. And tell Kevin over at One United Bank he needs to get behind that and fund it all too. Hello. That's right. All right. Well, thank you. I will tell him. Thank you. And keep in touch with us. Thank you. Know how everything goes. Yes. Thank you, Damage. Thank you. So all right, and you guys take care. All right. Bye. Bye. All right. So we have a threesome today and it isn't what you're thinking because everybody that tunes in thinks I'm always being reckless. Uh, but Dijon talked to Megan Good and Lamaya Good. And I didn't I didn't add your married name. So do I need to go back over that and get it right? Mm hmm. You got to add the, the Lamaya Good Bellinger. I, I don't want to call from Eric. Lamaya Good Bellinger and Megan Good Franklin. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so Megan, you haven't been on the show. Well, you two have never been on the show. Megan, you haven't been here for a while. Yeah. What has it been? Maybe 
Two years, maybe? Has it been too that long. long. Two years, too mm. long. Yes, no. Too long. <laughs> so what's going on? Now you guys are coming to take our jobs or what? There's this new project. Oh, not, not, at not that at all. Okay, no. We're just having good old family conversation, family style. Yeah. Like, you know, those conversations that you have with your family or friends that feel like family. And you discuss ideas and... Um, some of those things that you're like, damn, I should have just said that out loud, or this could probably help if I say this, you know, hearing these conversations that you have in your living room, you have on Taco Tuesday, all that good stuff, just basically having it with everybody else. So, yeah. so people, people are probably like, what are you talking about? Okay. So I'm jumping straight to it and then we're going to go back and work our way back to it. So, okay. uh, so everybody in Hollywood knows your relation, Megan and Lamaya, you two have been an extreme support system to each other for years. Mm -hmm. I remember being at, um, I don't want to say Ladue, but it was whatever club it was, it was a club that don't exist no more. And I remember you two being together tight then. And you know, it's uh, it's been good to see you guys have each other's back the whole way through this uh, experience in Hollywood. And then Dijon, I know that I know that you're their family, but I've never seen you guys work on anything together. Did I miss mm. something or is this the first time? Megan actually directed my first music video. Yeah. Look yes. She was behind the scenes. I was in front of the camera. We produced it together. Yeah. That, actually, that's how I started directing. Um, and I directed my first film last year, but Dijon was basically the one who was like, so you gonna put this out on what? I'm like, ah, sure. And then Dijon directed a pilot, a pilot. that I did. Oh, uh, the yeah, that I started it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, no, we've been working together for years um, on several several different projects. Yeah. You know, mm. some of them make it to the surface. You know how it goes. Yeah. Wait. So you all are all first cousins. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> look, look, we talking to my people now. I'm just saying, like, I got a lot of cousins. Some of them are first, some are second, some are niggas that I don't want people to know I'm dating. Um, <laughs> uh, Jason. Yeah. Oh, oh, trust me. People have met a lot of my cousins. My family is big, but it ain't that big. But, but you guys are first cousins. Um, ha, are, do you have a big family or a small family? I think it's it's relatively big, but it was interesting because our mothers were really, really close. So we grew up as siblings. So I have a brother mm -hmm. as well. So um, they have an older brother as well. So we were always like one tight knit family. And of course we have other relatives. We kind of always moved as a unit. I know, for some yeah. reason, yeah. I think because we were the younger ones too though. Because mm -hmm. then like Mark and everybody is yeah. older. I think two generation, um, like the age it matters just... with who clicks up. But yeah, we have a big family. Yeah. I mean, but you know, yeah. just like you said, some people you, you just not as tight with. It's just that's how it goes. No, but that's what I was going to ask you. Like, do you have other cousins and family members in your age range that you guys are not as clicked up with? Because I just recently went through experience with my family where the cousins, we all grew up as one, but then we all grew up and kind of went our own ways. And now some of us are still really close when others aren't as close. And there's mm -hmm. been this whole conversation about like, why doesn't Jason fuck with us? It's like, it's not that. It's just, we all grew up, you know? Right, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, we have a, we're definitely, I would say that we're kind of close to all of our family. But when mm. I say close, there's a difference in closeness. Like, we're close in the sense that we spend a ton of time together. We see each other, if nothing else, at least once a week. Okay. Um, we're constantly in each other's lives. We tell each other our secrets. We tell each other our traumas, every single thing like that. And then we have other cousins who we're close to and we love, we just don't see them as much. We vibe out, we have a great relationship, 
we just don't see each other as much. We're not mm. um, always a part of each other's every single daily life. You know, it's just the dynamic between all of us is a little bit different because as Dijon said, we're more like siblings than we are like cousins. Um, and even though we don't necessarily like say baby brother or whatever, we say cuzzo, it's just, that's just the dynamic mm-hmm. of, of how, you know, same with Romy, same with um, our little cousin, baby, Satir, you know, uh, Lexi, our little sister. It's just that's the dynamic between us. Mm-hmm. I want to dig more into the dynamic. So which one holds each other accountable? Which one, you know, you're going to call up and they're going to let you get away with what you're doing? This like, how does that work within all three of y'all? Okay, so let's take, okay. let's break those questions down one by one. What was the first one? I'm just saying, like, which one you know you're going to call and they're going to give it to you straight? No taker <laughs> straight is Lamaya for sure. Lamaya. I have no clue. I've been told. <laughs> okay, so which one you know you're going to call if you're doing something a little crazy and they're going to kind of be on your side? Megan. Yeah. You're ride or die. Megan, because yeah. they're going to need Devon to pray for him. That's why. <laughs> But now Lamaya isn't always the straightforward one because you went and got had a whole marriage and a baby. And I looked up on Instagram and I'm like, I don't miss a lot of shit, but (laughs) I missed. I didn't even know. Here's the deal. I've known you and I've known Eric, but I didn't even know y'all were together. That's how sleep I was. You know what's funny? (laughs) And nobody really knew like that. It was so... um, since day one, it's just been about me and him, like honestly, and me, him, and God, and and the talks that we have, yep. and so it was like we were we we had direction. It, it was like here's yeah. what we're doing. This is what we're gonna do. Either you're gonna um, be obedient and move forward and enjoy the fruits of this, or you gonna you know yeah. deal with your own shit. You know all your trust issues and all that. So yeah. it was like one of those things where God spoke. We listened, we answered, and that was the best thing we could have ever did in our life. And that's so smart because I feel like that really safe-proofs your marriage and protects your marriage. Uh, But also, like, from my perspective, it went like this. We're sitting at, uh, what's it called? Camp Cafe, all Melrose, all of us. And Maya and Eric say, so, um, we're going to get married. And we're like, oh, my gosh, amazing. Yeah, we're going to get married. Uh, So we'll get y'all pictures. Uh, Damn. And, uh, we, we love y'all. No, uh, but we're gonna go ahead and do this. I would think I was getting ready to go shoot some shit. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, and it was just like too many elements. But they were just like, we can't wait for everybody else. We got to do what we need to do for us. And so she was mm. just like, I just want to know that you're okay with it, because um, obviously I know you want to be there. But you know, this is what we need to do. And I'm like, I mean, I'm not happy about it, but I am. Yeah, she definitely it. had a meltdown right there. <laughs> she did, was not that flowing with it at first she definitely <laughs> had some resistance um but but i but you know me i'm yeah, very no. like i was like you know what but it, i felt it too i i, yeah. I tried and but, but but was it that was was it that kind of like great? I mean, we live in LA where everybody's in everybody's business. I have a I have an entire company dedicated to being in people's business. <laughs> so like, it is like a great way of owning your own thing, right, and enjoying your moment. So, hundred percent right. And I but think you guys also had a really cool thing they did to include five, all of us five, five years, years later. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they had a whole reunion. I mean, a five year anniversary, and we mm-hmm. all got yeah. to come and celebrate them and take part in their love. And both their sons and were there. Speak life you over know, them. And yeah, I'll say you're 100% right because it was our moment and it really like solidified what, like Megan said, it protected us. And over the years, and that's why we decided to do the five year anniversary where we re- renewed our vows in front mm. of everybody because it was like, you know what? It's one thing to find your soulmate, 
it's and it's another thing to accomplish things together and build something mm -hmm. and so it was like five years later look at all we've accomplished and we built we put the work in and that's something to really be celebrated you know i think everybody rushes to the wedding and the you know it's like great yeah. yes that's amazing and too many people have great weddings and they don't make it right and right so no, right. And that and that's what I really love about you all. You're able to support one another. I mean, Eric is a great guy. And anytime I see R and B artists and rappers get in a relationship, I'd be like, Come on, God. We just need <laughs> we need one we need one to work. We just need one to work. Do you ever do you I mean, how do you guys because he is a, a man who writes and sings love music yeah. and 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 there are a lot of women who do not care that he's married, how do you uh -oh. have a healthy marriage? Is it communication? Is it like, I'll fuck you, know you up? <laughs> what? I'll fuck you up. Oh, no. Let me tell you this. No, here's the thing. You know, and I always say this because it's funny to me. When you try to holler at my man, you punching yourself in the face. Somebody asked me, do you feel like punching him in the face? Because this is the thing. He don't want you. Mm. And he makes it very clear. Talk I don't have it. to. You know, I always wanted a man that I don't have to look around my shoulder, my back to have to say something. Before I can even open my mouth, he will shut a bitch down. down. You know what I'm saying? That's just how he moves. And it, and the great thing about it, it's not just because of his love for me. It's for his love of himself and who he is. And he has integrity with the person that he wants to be and, 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 and use his platform the way he does. So it's, and I think women miss that point sometimes. Mm. It's like, not just about you. I yeah, you want to be like, oh my is so good that he just ain't going, you know, girl, calm down. The real the, the real the reality is you have to find a man with integrity. And so it's not just about talk about you. it. It's yeah, about they give him be. some credit. Yeah, give him some credit. It's who he chooses to be. That's the same story. thing yeah. I say about Devon, you know, because it's like it's 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 not the same, but it is the same. You know, rather it's even in the church community, people who you wouldn't think would try to get at him, they'd be just you know, and at the end of the day, like there's no stress and there's no worry yeah. when you know the quality of the human being that you married Amen. and you know their desire to be their best self comes before even we get to you. Before right. we even start talking about being a good husband, they want to be a good man. And right. that's why you don't have to stress and worry. Right. And that concern that we yeah. don't have, which is really wonderful. I remember when you came on the show, we were talking about all the blowback you were getting from, um, the church people when you did the red carpet thing, which I thought I said then I'll say now you looked ex extremely stunning. Then now we see the success of the Clark sister show where you see Jackie came to the mom's house and she didn't she had pants on and the mom shut the door in her face. Right. And, I, and I was talking to Kiera and I'm like, we're at a place where you can still have like how you dress doesn't define your right. love for God or your faith. Yeah. And I just really love the fact that you've had the um the, the self-discipline and integrity to keep being a good example that you can have faith and still be a human being and still be a strong black woman and not be defined by whatever people say you should be. Right. Hey, I received that. Yeah, I appreciate that. But does that come from being, because both of you are in healthy relationships, does that have come from having the support um, or having, um, or, or is it more of an internal thing? It's, I mean, for me, it's more of an internal thing. You know, it's like, I'm, I don't consider myself religious by the world standards of what religion is. I consider myself spiritual, but I am, uh, I'm a believer of Christ. Jesus is my Lord and Savior. I'm totally a Jesus freak. However, I'm about relationship 
with Christ over religion. Mm-hmm. And so when you have a good relationship with God, you can really, really hear from him. Then you can walk in confidence and you can really say, okay, Lord, do you approve? Do you not approve? Am I stepping out wrong or am I stepping out okay? Mm-hmm. Like even this tattoo, it's like most Christians, oh, we can't have tattoos. Well, for me, this one is a uh, Romans uh, 14, 22, which is he who has faith, have it to himself before God. Happy is he who does not condemn himself for what he approves. Talk about Meaning it. A relationship with God is about what God is telling you. And yes, you have to read the word of God. You have to, you know, um, study that and all of that. But, but you have to understand what God is telling you yeah. specifically, not just literally like, oh, well, it's right. like this. Because if that what was, is your spiritual understanding of what is being said Exactly. Because mm-hmm. that's how God will use you as an individual instead as of an individual, everybody yes. working the same. Yeah. Yeah. And well, I, I, and I feel so, like when you have that solid foundation of who you are and you know, like you consciously awake, know your relationship with God, yeah. all the people on the outside with an opinion, now you're judging me, therefore you will be judged. So good luck with you. Now you have a problem. I've always said too, that like I believe that having your, your relationship with God, you have to define that on your own terms. Maybe I see your tattoo and now you explain to me a Bible scripture. Now we have an entire conversation about the Bible that I've never read. Right, right, right. And everyone's oh, yeah. line is different. Like God deals with you according to your own bent. So Megan's line, Lamaya's line, and my line are completely different to what he's calling us to do. Yeah. How he wants us to show up in the world. And oftentimes, unfortunately, Christians feel like their level of, of um, holiness is everyone's level of right. holiness. And it's not. Mm-hmm. Right. It's so not it's the same God, but different relationships. Absolutely. So, so Dijon, you talk to me about your faith. I know like in LA, there's so many different churches um, and there's so many different people who preach or teach at church. I know that when COVID-19 happened uh, and I was in a state of just unrest, you know, waking up every day with anxiety, waking up in the middle of the night, couldn't sleep, was not feeling well. And we did a live with Devon. And I mean, I had immediately had peace. I was like, well, I wish I should call him every day. Uh, because I feel like there's some people that have an anointing that can actually speak to the spirit of a man or actually be that bridge. Uh, and then there's a lot of people that aren't. So it, for me, like w- we've never really had a conversation, but uh, since we're here on it, what do you think about um, like, where's your religion and what's your faith? So I'm very uh, similar to both of my, my cousins. I'm more of a spiritual being, I think, than a religious being. Um, I actually found Christ for myself. Like our parents didn't force us um, to go to church. So we found Christ on our own terms, but I am a Jesus freak. I think that um, relationship comes with familiarity, even with personal or spiritual. So the more time you spend with God, the better. And like walking into COVID, I too had unrest and didn't know what was going on and like was really struggling through some personal things. Um, But God honestly showed up and showed out. It was almost a platform for him um, to move. So I think sometimes we look to leaders to lead us versus mm-hmm. God leading us and spending that quiet, intimate time with him and allowing him to show us what he's doing in our life. There's a scripture that says, just ask for help. And at that moment, the spiritual realm starts to move. Um, so oftentimes we just don't open our mouths to ask God, like, hey, what are you doing in this season in my life? What are you healing? What are you moving? What are you shifting and shaping so that I leave this experience better? You know, mm-hmm. we often spend church time like, oh, on Sunday, I went to church, check mark. It's like, all right, cool. You got, you got, or, it, you got or, it. or 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 you, or you go to show off that you got the new Louboutins or the new Yeezys or the whatever. I I, no, I can't no, deal with unfortunately, that. Unfortunately, but honestly, that that actually made me not gonna lie. That made me take a step back from church a couple years ago. I felt like I was showing up to church, and it became about everything else other than God. I actually felt like I I couldn't have intimacy with God mm. in front of so many people because I a little bit felt judged, and then I felt watched a little bit, and then I felt like if I was having a breakdown moment. 
they were looking and being like, oh, he must be sitting, oh, he must be going through something. Mm-hmm. And then coming over and being like, God, forgive. it was so much going on. And again, it wasn't the people. But for me, I was almost like, oh, this is becoming very religious. Right. You know? yeah. I, I got to take, yeah, take a moment back. Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, uh, it got to a point where I was just going to go to church with a shirt that said, do you need a ride to heaven? Cause, uh, right. <laughs> but they already know. They already know I'm a heathen when I walk in the door. So it's whatever. But okay. that's a t-shirt, actually. It is right. Okay. No, you know, um, well, I did sell shirts that said, uh, "I'm just doing the Lord's work." You know, I'm just doing the Lord's work. Because when people, when people would get mad at me, I'd be like, "Yeah, listen, I'm just doing the Lord's work." But really, I, I have like, you know, when people are surprised at how. I listen to gospel music every day, almost all day, how I really love God and attribute all of my blessings and everything I've overcome. I, I give it to God. You know what I mean? So I, I just feel like people have a this prescribed notion of what being a champion for God looks like. And I, I'm just glad that all of us are able to walk in our faiths and still be able to be cool and relatable and human. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And at the end of the day, the only thing that matters is what God thinks about us. All we mm-hmm. have is a responsibility to him Talk and our relationship it. with him and our growth with him. Everything else, even though we can be affected by what other people think or say, at the end of the day, all that matters is what does he say about me? Who does he say I am? I'm constantly a work in progress, and that's not for anybody else to judge. That's between mm-hmm. me and God. So at the end of the day, I just focus my eyes on him, and we can all yeah. agree on that. And he'll do whatever work needs to be done if work needs to be done in certain areas. And nobody can even judge even that notion so right so so i recently saw you uh were very vocal and and open about uh people were accusing you megan of bleaching your skin lightening your skin and trying to become a white woman or whatever you know i'm just exaggerating now yeah but i one i was i was mad that you had to explain but i was also happy that you did own it and say whatever you needed to say in terms of uh, giving an answer to people's claims because some people just don't ever respond and some people are afraid to respond. Um, when you when that was happening, um, what made you respond to that? Um, I needed to start the healing process. And it, the experience was really, really traumatic. It's not something I solicited or did on my own. It was something that was done to me. Um, and I was just totally caught off by the situation, caught off guard by the situation. And it was extremely traumatizing and extremely painful. Um, and so for, it, for people that may not know what we're talking about, if yeah. you can just in a sure. sum it up. Yeah. So short version is I went to someone about scar removal um, from a dog bite. And um, they suggested that I had some sun damage on my forehead and that I should fix it. I said, no, it's natural contour. It's fine. Uh, That person gave me some products that were anti-aging. I used them. They were phenomenal. I was super excited about working with this person. And then uh, when I went back again, they said, listen, I'd really love to fix the sun damage. You'd be very happy with it. So I was like, you know what? I trust you now. I feel good about it. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. Next thing you know, within a month, I'm getting super, super pale. And I'm like, what's going on? The person was like, oh, that's what happens. You know, basically you have to lift everything first and it, you know, um, makes everything even. And then your complexion comes right back. And I was like, okay, I really wish you had told me this because I have to be in front of the camera a lot. And I would have never put myself to be in this type of situation, but I'm already going through it. If it's about to change back, then I'm fine. Get to the next month. I'm pretty much me white as a sheep. 
Wow. I'm freaking out. I get this show. I don't even want to be on camera. I'm uncomfortable. I end up going to this event. Pictures get taken of me. Meanwhile, it wasn't as light as it was. The pictures were actually blown out and made it look worse. Um, but then I was getting dragged on the internet and people were saying that I was bleaching my skin. And the hardest part was if I want to defend myself, I'm used to just be like, no, 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 no. I couldn't defend myself because I still looked crazy. And I went to the lady and I was like, listen, fix this now. I don't care about process done, not, just fix it right now. She gives me a serum. She says, stay out in the sun for 15 minutes with this every other day. Of course, my foot went out there and laid out there for 30 minutes. I burnt my whole face up. Oh, um, no. I, the serum attached to my skin. When I tried to wash it off, it wouldn't come off. I ended up scrubbing it to get it off. I had flesh, open flesh all over my face. My face was completely... Um, discolored and it was just it was really really traumatizing and basically I just had to slowly but surely just work 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 with a dermatologist um, Dr. Pearl Grimes who's incredible she works with Terrence Shea and a bunch of other people um, she instantly started fixing my skin and it took a few months and so basically um, she started correcting my skin and it's been a process and I've got about I'd say almost 90% of my color back and I'm still in the process of getting the full um, color back. But the reason that I addressed it is because I love my skin. I love myself. I love my brownness. And when I think of young girls seeing this and saying, oh, well, I can change myself or, oh, you know what I'm saying? Like, basically I felt like I was in a position where I was setting a bad example even mm -hmm. if I didn't do it. And I felt that I had to say something because I didn't want young girls looking at that and thinking that. Um, also just, you know, it's, it's become even more sensitive for me in the climate we're in right now. I love my blackness, period. Um, and, it, and, it's, and it's upsetting because I do feel like, I feel like I've been assaulted, honestly. Um, wow. and, and, and the woman, she wasn't licensed, right? No, she wasn't licensed. What? The thing is, you know, if I'm being completely honest, when I first met her, of course, I assumed that she was licensed. Um, after I used her anti-aging products and after um, she had helped me with the scar removal, then I, you know, as we were talking, I found out that she wasn't, li wasn't licensed. But I thought, well, you know, it's okay because I've already used her products and they're really great. So I think you found out the day I came. I did. And I asked her and she kept saying, I said, well, she looks really light. She was like, well, that's the process that it goes through. And, you know, blah, mm. blah, blah. I'm like... Okay, well, it's been going on. Yeah. And then that's when I asked her, because I was asking her about some products that I was doing. And when she told me that, couldn't explain, yeah. started explaining some of the stuff. I said, oh, hell no. And then she, yeah. that, that's when she said, well, it's not licensed or, you know, I was like, yeah. oh. But, but what I thought was remarkable was, one, I mean, to see you up close, well, to see you on TV and to see you up close, you're very beautiful. You have very flawless skin. Um, you've never come off vain to me and nor in the moment of explaining it was there vanity that I saw. Cause I was really like, I, you know how, like when somebody's telling you something, but you, 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 you it's uncomfortable. So you don't want to make them uncomfortable. It was like, I was yeah. uncomfortable watching it because I do know that in this city, a lot of people do a lot of things for vanity mm -hmm. and you've never, you've never been that person that I've known. So I, I was yeah. just wondering, like, you know, I don't know. I was just wondering how you felt with that whole experience because it was really crazy. I feel stronger mm -hmm. now. Amen. I've spent so much of my life, you know, being in my 20s with the media takeout and, and Boss Up at that time. Now Boss Up is nice to me. But um, back then, 
you know, seeing negativity about certain things and kind of being a punching bag. And then from that to like getting married and being a punching bag in that way in terms mm -hmm. of criticism. And then from this, and it's like all it's really done, honestly, has made me stronger. Mm. And, you know, my prayer has been like, especially since I got married, I'm like, Lord, please help me to stop caring what people think. All that matters is what you say about me. I know me. You know my heart. You know yeah. what I would do and you know what I would not do. So just let me focus my energy on that and stop being so concerned with yeah. people because it hurts me. I am. She's very sensitive. I'm very, very, very sensitive. And you would think after being, you know, out in the world that way over 20 years, I would not no. be affected. She literally was I'm so breaking yeah. down yeah. full time about this skin stuff. And it wasn't about people. It, it, yes, it's hurtful to hear people say something when you had no intentions of that. But mm -hmm. also, she really was struggling with feeling like somebody stole something from her. You know, we all, so it, it was very traumatizing and she is very sensitive, I will say, but she <laughs> has definitely gotten a lot stronger because I remember back sure. in the day, she used to go yeah. through that yeah. shit, them comments like. No, and I know, and, and Lamaya, I, I don't know who else be interviewing y'all, but I know you used to be like the writer, like you be ready to go and, you know what I mean, put your hair no, in the ponytail. Definitely, you know, I, I think, um, I think people's perception of me is very like tough. And so, you know, people don't feel comfortable coming at me like that. So they'll, you know, they come yeah. at, yeah, exactly. And it's and been that way since we were, since we were kids, kids everyone like, you know. Protector. Like, but Megan, you didn't, you, but Megan, that didn't make you, I mean, like, even the way you handled it is with grace. Like, I mean, I love God and I have a relationship with God. But sometimes I gotta let a nigga know, like I'm not that guy, you know. We got to that point. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I definitely got. But here's the thing: it's like the only other thing I should have been besides an actress is a lawyer. Yep. So sure. if, if someone wants to go head to head with me in comments, I know what I'm capable of doing, and that's not the best version of myself. Yep. So I choose to do everything in love and to do everything with grace and salt, even if I'm like in the moment, like, bring it down, Megan, it's okay. I, I have to choose who I want to be. I know who I'm capable of being. Yeah. So because I know it, that's enough for me. That's not what I want right. to do. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? And the thing is, a very powerful thing. On, yeah. a, on a different, in a different life, if they had caught me the way I'm capable of being, they would know exactly what time it is. It's just mm -hmm. that's not who I want to be. So, Dijon, you're you're from LA. All of you are from LA, but you, uh, I'm assuming you all love the Lakers. This year, we lost Kobe Bryant, top of 2020. I said that this year has been proud. This year has been a horrible year. Surreal. You yeah. know, the the silver lining in it all is that we're all still standing and we're all still here. We still have another day to try to make it better. But um, how did? What was the impact of Kobe Bryant's passing on you, being that you're from the city? It was, it was crazy, man. So I started this year um, on December 31st. My best friend's dad died. So mm -hmm. two years ago, my dad died. So that was just reliving the same exact traumatic experience going literally into the year. And we had such high hopes. Like 2020 is our year. We rallying. You know, we, we, doing, we doing all this kind of stuff. And then we were hit with back to back to back to back to back blow. So Kobe, I, I dealt with Kobe's death like he was my brother. Mm -hmm. Like I had like four days of literal trauma where I woke up. I also think the thought and, and, and idea of how he passed and the possibility of him holding his daughter and never getting, making it back to his other girls and um, being such a great dad that he prioritized his family's experience by having that helicopter so he wouldn't be 
and traffic and he was a nice guy and let other people come on. So the idea of the man that he was and who he had grown to be was such a blessing to our community, a blessing to the culture. And oftentimes I feel like, unfortunately, those blessings are taken from us too soon. From Michael to Aaliyah. She picked me up from the fair when Aaliyah died and she told me. And I was like 11. I started boohoo crying. And I, didn't yeah, know I, I, re I remember Aaliyah too. I didn't know her. Yeah. Um, but those people in our community and our families, and that takes it back to our show, cousins and family in the black community, it, it's it's a representation of community. Mm -hmm. Because oftentimes we don't have actual siblings or family to turn to. So we look to our stars and our athletes and the people we can reach tangibly to connect with, to see ourselves as more than we currently are. Because representation shows us how far we can go. And Kobe set a stage and, and a platform for my generation that Michael did for my brothers. Yeah. So losing him was one of the greatest you know, impacts. And then we get hit with COVID and now Black Lives Matter. We are, we're being treated as, treated as slaves again. So it's kind of like, God, when do we We've get a break? We've been treated like slaves. This year is coming to right. And it's just being, no, yeah, the, it's just being, it's been going on. Obviously, we know that yeah. since the beginning of time, it's what America has been founded on. Uh, so that's that. This is not new. It's just come to a head, and that's it's just now white people have to sit through the uncomfortable part that we live through and watch us yeah. be killed and murdered and cheated and treated as animals. And before Absolutely. you turn your eye yeah, and be like, "I'm from Virginia, that doesn't happen here." Now you're like, "No, bro, in your city, it your state, <laughs> your brother, y'all, you know, yeah." Well, to, well, let me go back. First of all, Dijon, you're going to be good on the new um, show Cousins because you took my transition. And that was, uh, yeah. that was a good. <laughs> because my point was going to be like with the death of Kobe, then COVID-19, um, and then Black Lives Matter. And all Black Lives have always mattered to us. They just haven't mattered to everybody else. And now that it's the daily, almost every minute conversation everywhere mm -hmm. you turn, um, has that been something that you all as a family have, had conversations about because I know for like Kobe's death, it really made morta mortality real, right? Like we know right. mortality is real, but it was really like yeah, he didn't. He had such global impact. He had kids waiting at home. He was doing something productive for his community. Right. He 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 is the he's he is the uh, the beacon of what success should look like, and it happened to him. You know, so yeah. how did that? How did you guys process that as a family? I think. You know, we have lots of conversations about community and building the black community. You know, me and Megan have our um, foundation um, and we mentor young women. And so our conversations have been mostly about the things that we put into the community and how we can help our community and help, you know, who we're called to as individuals. I think this particular movement um, and the intensity of it force everybody to make sure that in in all of our endeavors, in all of our trying to make community better, this is a fight that we all have to take on collectively. Mm -hmm. And that conversation starts to to get bigger and bigger. And every day, you know, obviously our, our we did a special um, about uh, what's going on because this is the biggest civil rights movement mm -hmm. happening ever. in the world. Ever in history. Ever in ever. history. And if you are not present and sitting and, and addressing it, it's going to happen no matter what. Yeah. And if you're not speaking up, you have chosen a side. You have chosen a side. And it honestly, it surprises me how many people, you know, when I like when I post content, I look at what some of the people say. I mean, obviously, 95% of it, 98% of it is like, yes, 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 yes. We got to blah, blah, blah. 
But then there's those few people who are like, well, they are arrested. What more do you want? And like, you know, well, I don't think that the police necessarily did anything wrong in the Brianna mm. case. And, you know, like people, it, you know, like my, my husband, um, you know, he talked to Brian Seacrest and he talked to him, you know, about, you know, just content that's on the page in terms of like um, Black Lives Matter. And then a friend of mine, and here's the thing I'm speaking on turn because I actually didn't watch all of it and see everything. But a friend of mine told me that there are people on Ryan Seacrest's page dragging him because he addressed it, talking about, oh, Ryan, not you too. You're on this too. <laughs> not you like, too. It blows my mind. Exposing wow. <laughs> a lot. And, um, and there are, and it's like, you know, I've had conversations with various people and a lot of my friends that were white and to hear like their perspective, it's, it's, uh, it's interesting. It's interesting to see who's in tune and mm -hmm. who's got their heartbeat, even if they don't fully understand. Um, and then who is really just completely <clears throat> out of touch Ignorant. and does not, can't even begin to get it. Can't, like I can look at something and say, I don't understand that but I understand where you're coming from, even mm -hmm. if I don't understand that feeling. There's people who don't even have the ability to do that as it pertains mm -hmm. to this matter. But, but, that, right. but, that, Privilege. But, but that's interesting though, because I think the way Lamaya just framed it, it is a civil rights movement and it is bigger than anything we've ever seen. I think we t had, a, well, we just had a Maxine Waters on and we were saying to her that, you know, we didn't have social media in Rodney King. We didn't have social media in the civil rights era. So now the whole world is able to see in real time that they literally squeeze the life out of a human being. And it's interesting when you say about people who can say, oh, I understand. I was on a call with one of my production partners yesterday, and I just caught myself venting about, you know, where is the finish line? You know, when people ask me or kids say, what does it take to be successful like you? I don't know because I still don't see my own finish line. And then it started this eruption of consciousness, as Amanda Seals said here, that I in, now in every conversation, I have to make sure that the person I'm talking to understands the lenses that I'm talking, that I'm seeing our conversation through. And when she said to me, you know, she was really emotional because I just kind of let it all out. She said, uh, I understand where you're coming from. And I said, I'm sorry, you're white. You don't. And I'm not trying to be rude. It's just that you, 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 you know where your finish line is. And, and if you can't get to your finish line, you have people waiting to take the baton and get there for you mm -hmm. because they can still get there. And, and I just um, I, I wonder how we're all processing it. So it's good to hear that there's so many conversations going on outside of the media, because I think people need to have them. And more more than just conversation, I think the action that people have been calling people to come to and the attention that we've been giving to it, it's more than just talking about it. OK, we've been talking about this shit for years. What the fuck are we going to do? Let's stop. Let's start putting sharing information because that's been we have all the social media, but we're not sharing the things that are important mm -hmm. to move the things in the direction that we need them to go. Yeah. So I am enjoying this time of the share of information mm -hmm. and you can, look it up, you can research it. You could do your own, but it's available to you. And um, people who are within the community that people look up to are, are starting to share it. And I think that's just the whole point, you know, and to not die down because this is not, like you said, this seems that there's no finish line. It's no trend. It's not a trend. You keep going. This is a problem. Every day, every single person at this time should be doing actively pursuing something mm. daily, even if just a tiny thing, just a tiny thing, because yeah. we have children. We have nephews, nieces, cousins that are going to be continuing this 
and hopefully in an evolved way. Yeah. Hopefully we have come so far for them that it has become a different kind of fight. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I'm at the point <clears throat> where we have to be relentless. <clears throat> everybody has to understand it's everybody's problem. We all have to take an action. If we all take a small action, I keep saying this, if we all do a little something, then everybody won't have to do too much because yes. we're all working together. Yes. That's right. You get what I'm saying? So, yeah. I mean, I'm very passionate about it. And I know. I did <laughs> and, you know, I think the cousins thing, you know, we've been talking about this long before COVID, um, long before um, the awareness to this point, um, because we always have conversations about community. I think that's what black people do. We get together and we always have conversations. But but we also have house niggas that are inside places of uh, where they can have real influence. And I, and, I, and, and I got on their asses yesterday and I'm going to be putting out a culture report uh, every week where I highlight where we, you know, because it, I, and I hope people understand my intentions are always the best, but my delivery is not always the best. If you are in, if you are at the table, and every seat around you is filled with people that don't look like you or the mm-hmm. conversation about where to spend the money in the room is not about people that look like you. You're a part of the problem because yeah. it takes nothing for me to say, oh, I heard Beats is looking for something. Why don't y'all call Dijon? It don't take nothing from me. It don't take yeah. nothing for me to say, well, what about Megan Good? Instead of saying, well, it doesn't benefit Hollywood Unlocked, so I don't care about Megan Good, you know? True. That's the part. The funny thing is my best friend, she works at a a white startup, like a really big white startup. And she's one of only two black people there. And the black guy called her crying about the company not actually making a statement about what's going on. They were making a statement about the protest, but not the reason why. So she actually like texted the actual um, CEO and like went off. So because of her speaking up, she's a very vocal person. they're not implementing a, 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 a protocol on how they operate with people who do not support Black Lives Matter. Like they're no longer going to work with companies who have racist um, viewpoints or racist histories, but it required her Change. being vulnerable yeah. and being like, you know what, I might be speaking out of turn. But I might lose my job. Yeah, right. as a Black woman in this company, you're using my knowledge to grow it, so I want to use your influence to grow my people as right, well. Right. I have a seat at this table, and then she was talking to me about how she would love to work at a black company with a similar amount of honesty, money and resources to do the same thing, but how the conversation then shifted to sometimes the people who are at the seat of the table don't want to go to a black company because it's not as infrastructurally sound. So it's like, now we also have to, Lamaya talks about this all the time, support black businesses. Yeah. Build we have to. Businesses, make our own infrastructure, make our own way to, like you said that all yeah, the time. Educate, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, he, and, and we need to, our own education, we need to be responsible of building our community, um, because only we know how to do it the way that it should be done that benefits our kids. You know, so we do need to be implementing. And when I say actively pursuing, so not just the justice for everybody who's lost their lives to this um, racism and and this this white supremacy, but also when I say work actively, you need to be, if you're an educator, you're a black educator, Get with like-minded educators. Let's create a school. Let's get some funding from some some written that's created charter school. Even if it's after school pro, like there's no reason why our kids should not be knowing about our history. We need our own history. You know, all that stuff. It's like I I can't believe, and this is true, I can't believe that I only realized two weeks ago that policing 
literally did originate from slavery. I did not know that until like three days ago. Slaves that ran away. Yes. No, 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 no. I didn't know it till three days ago. That's crazy. But, but, but that's because I'm not, you know, it's crazy thing is I remember, and this is a true story too. And I'm embarrassed to say this, but it's true. You know, we grew up in, in Santa Clarita. He grew up in Palmdale. I remember being 19 and doing like a, um, uh, like, uh, ringer alert things or whatever. And mine is before cell phones had, you know, cameras and all that stuff a long time ago. But point being is that someone wanted me to say something about Coretta Scott King. I literally said, who's Coretta Scott King? Mm-hmm. Because I, because the school that I went yep. to had not spent any time at all Every school. teaching us about any black history. The yeah. history that I knew is not the history that's the it, truth. Exactly. Yeah. And I had to relearn so many things and yep. even now at my age i'm still learning stuff like what you just said three days ago same for you and these are things no that we should yeah. have been taught they, it's stuff from we day taught. one and we got to make sure our kids know that too because it gives you a sense of pride i've always went to islamic schools or african schools so i was unaware that people didn't know certain things but it does give you a sense of pride of, as a young man and a young black woman it helps you grow and understand yourself and stand firm in things that you believe in. So bigger than us even having our own economy, which is very important in education, it gives us a sense sense of pride as a community that we also need to be better people and better humans to each other. But this is where like, it goes back to, um, you know, what you were saying, Dijon, in terms of building infrastructure and, and, and creating, right? Like Tiffany Haddish and I were on the phone the other night, we were talking about like just the world. She was like, how you doing? I'm like, man, this is crazy, right? She said, I went to City National and I moved all my money out and I put it in a Black-owned bank. That's right. And and she said the people at City National were like, oh, hold on, hold on, where's all that money going? And she had to say to them, this is why I'm doing it. This is important for my community. And she was talking more about like, uh, even when we talk about the finish line, right? Like, okay, if you don't have a seat at the table, literally figure out who can help you build your own table. And I just, I just wish that like, what I hope out of all of this is that, you know, this every day I wake up and I just pray. I look at the social media stats. I look at how many people are talking about, look at the news. And I just pray that people don't think that because the funerals are over, that the work is done because Mm -hmm. there's so much work to be done. And that's what what I'm saying. Every single day. You are absolutely right. Work is not done. All right, y'all. It's time for another Hollywood hookup. And I'm super excited because this episode is sponsored by Embrace Pangea. Now, Embrace Pangea is a holistic company offering premium herb-infused natural hygiene products and herbal detoxes. They have a wide variety of products to fit your daily health and hygiene needs, such as their five-star rated Pangea wash, an all-natural pH-balanced foaming feminine wash with rose and honeysuckle extracts, and their Essential 18 Detox Tea that's packed with 18 powerful non-laxative herbs to remove stuck-on waste from your colon walls. Now, if you're looking for a way to promote healthy gums, better breath, and an overall healthy oral hygiene routine, then check out their Herberance Advanced Botanical Mouthwash. If at no other time, right now is the most important time to get healthy, head over to EmbracePangea.com and use the discount code UNLOCK to receive 10% off your first Embrace Pangea order. Use the discount code UNLOCK to get 10% off your first order. Embrace it. And, and that's, that's your, ho- your Hollywood. Man, that's your Hollywood hookup, man. You know, honestly, I pray for my two sons that 
when I leave this earth, I have been an essential, um, an imperative part of a world that works better in their favor, a world that is affords them the opportunities that how smart and brilliant and anointed they are that they don't have to, that they can focus on the things that whoever God created them to be and not so hard on trying to dig it out the bucket. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So when you look at the the mothers, because I actually was thinking about you and I was started this conversation because I know you have kids. Um, Candy was recent, Candy from Real Housewives of Atlanta was recently uh, on on an interview with Andy and she broke down crying, telling him how she has to have the conversation with her son who dressed up like a cop for school uh, he asked her, are cops bad? And she had to ex- have the converse- the talk with him. Do you ever fear um, having to have those conversations with your kids? And are you having those conversations yet? Let me tell you something. He, my, my oldest son is five years old. I've already had to address racism with my son. Um, you know, I have had to have the conversation about police because of course in school, oh, the policeman help you this and that, you know? And I've had to share with him the reality. It's terrible. Of people, yeah, that you can't trust a uniform. And, and these are people and, and you know, even, even your doctor, you know, you just, you have to teach them the reality of this world. And it broke my heart. I'm gonna tell you something. I broke down the first time I had to tell him about racism and to make sure that he stood up for himself as a young black man and I'll, and and that I protected my son from this person and I let them know sorry this person was an yeah. adult too that's what's crazy but it hurt my feelings because I remember when I was a child and I was in class and I went to a, a white school and all the kids would ask me about my hair why is my hair sticking out of my ponytail? So I took some scissors and I cut it off every piece that was sticking out of my ponytail. So I just remember the impact that those people and not being and 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 having the lack of understanding the mm-hmm. impact that even they they don't even realize they're being racist when they do it sometimes. So the impact that that had on me growing up as a young woman, figuring out who I am, learning to love myself, when it happened to my son at five years old, and I'm thinking he's a black man though. He's a black man. So there's a whole nother dynamic to that that I cannot fully relate to. And it just broke my heart. I was infuriated because on one hand, I'm in front of a bunch of people and I had to be let it known, like I said, I'm going to protect my son without being all ignorant, but to bring to this to his awareness the racism that he is putting on to my child. He's an adult. I made that man get down on his knees and apologize to my son. I didn't fucking like it, and I made him do it again. And I made my son look that man in his face because he said he was scared. You know, he was scared of him. You don't be fucking scared of him. You look that man in his face mm-hmm. and tell him you didn't hear him to say it again because he doesn't understand what you're saying. And it's just sad that at five years old, it is 
I have to do that. And, and my son has to be exposed to that. I saw him shrink down. I don't even want to say like the whole incident that happened, but to see him shrink down and be embarrassed and that was scared, that was like, she as a mother, tell, broke his spirit. Like, exactly. That's the, and the I'm worst. like, you know what, little black boy, you are a king. Amen. And we're not going to walk away and not address this because, and I'm not going to leave this motherfucking school neither because you're not going to scare me away. But I think that's it. I think the invaluable lesson in that, though, is that besides knowing that you love him, he knows now to stand up for himself. Absolutely. You know, like not a lot of kids um, are invisible. I said to uh, the person yesterday, like, do you actually see me? You know, and I don't think they know. And if, if they it, well, if you're intentionally messing with a five year old, you're just a sick fuck. Like, I can't even I don't even know what to say about that. But. Sometimes you do it without even knowing because you just, you don't even show that you care to know. And I, and I, and I know like through your show, the, the cousins and the conversation that you're going to have, when you look at um, introspectively at like what's happening, are you going to be having these kind of conversations so people can, because what I love about all three of you is just the transparency. That's the first, I think, rule of success in doing this kind of thing. Because people that want to have a podcast or want to have a show, but want to be, be glossy and all that, like that, that don't re relate and it can't relate in this world today. Right. So is this the kind of conversations you'll be having? For Absolutely. Sure. It's the it's same yeah. ones. If you come to our house on Top of Tuesday, Jason, that's <laughs> the same conversation you're going to get. Listen, I'm trying, I'm trying to get my body like Dijon's. I'm passing on Top of for now. I'm working with you, brother. <laughs> <laughs> They, they can't. They, they can't see you, Dijon. They can only see the, the, the here. We'll put a picture up for them to see who. No, 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 no. Don't don't trip. We control the editing. We'll put a we'll put a photo in there somewhere. Oh, my cousin's in the worst. Yeah, we always sell them. But look, uh, yeah, no, all these conversations, absolutely. Um, you know, I think we're still. Uh, it's a family room. It's a family room chat. You're yeah, getting yeah. the versions of us if after we have a couple of drinks, to be honest. You know, because the point of the show is to work through <laughs> trauma and to and to grow as in us to grow as individuals yeah. through this platform as well. So we're just inviting people to come on the journey with us. We're not higher or more superior. We don't have it all figured out, but there are some topics that we you know want to grow through. Like we talk about it. We have an episode. Um, where Safari is one of our guests, and we talk about all our insecurities and how we grew up. Safar Safari. Yeah, yes. Safari and Erica. Did he uh, talk to you about his own? I know who he been here. Did he talk to you about his OnlyFans account? We have. Uh, <laughs> thought about we thought about talking about it, but we actually didn't because we were so far into this, honey. All the, 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 the surgeries going on and the insecurities growing up. You know, it's that good old conversation. Like if you talk yeah. to somebody, you really get to know them. It's those inside conversations, you know, not yeah. just the sterile pieces, you know. Mm. Well, I didn't get my invite to be on the show yet, so I'll be oh, looking. You need no, your invite. Can't wait to over so you can actually come do it in over. person. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Just listen. They 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 text me talking about penthouse is open this weekend. I'm not going to no club. Are you crazy? Like, I People have been out. I mean, we went to protest. What are we talking? We've been all up in the protest. Okay, I know. Okay, around thousands of people. Yeah. No, no, no. Jesus is protecting us, Megan. But, like, I'll risk my life to go out there for the protest. But I'm not going to risk my life to go sip on a bottle at the club. Like, it's just Well, Jason, have you been to a bar or a restaurant yet? No. Let me tell you something. Instacart, Postmates. Megan's best friend. Yeah. 
Yeah, people have been shaming me like you life must go on. I go, yeah, life has gone on for four hundred thousand people who've died, and I'm staying right here in the house. Right. How about this? My life will go on after you <laughs> out there in the streets. Yeah, but it's so. I mean, this was such a good conversation. And I, I mean, I, I know how it is building a show, Megan. When you first came on, this thing was a this was a podcast with 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 shaky legs. You know, <laughs> look at you now, baby. Look at us now. Now I'm telling. People that everybody want to talk to, I'm not interested. But no, I'm looking. Yeah. Forward to, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, the show's success and um, anything we could do to help and support you. And I love that you guys in LA, which sometimes comes, you know, feels like a, a lonely city. You know, have found uh, love and, and support from one another because a, a lot of people don't have that. Man, and tell your son, man, he's a king and. Um, Man, I, that really, uh, that, that bothered me that that happened, but I'm glad that he had a strong black woman to have his back. I appreciate that, because you know I want to slap the hell out that <laughs> all up in front of people, honestly, and that's the type of, he lucky boy, he lucky God did his work. Because honestly, me. I could have ran and karate chopped that man in his forehead. <laughs> I just was so, I had so many feelings going, but my baby's sitting there looking, I'm like, oh no, you, you tell that man. Have that man on his damn knee. Apologize yeah. for him. Well, good. Well, I'm glad everything is well. Um, what else do we want to promote on the way out? Dijon, I know that you're an actor and you, I saw you on, um, I was, uh, I, okay, I have to be honest. Um, how to get away with murder. I, I watched, I watched that show literally two episodes and I stopped watching it years ago because it was too complicated to follow. Like I felt stupid trying it. to follow what was happening. Why was it so complicated? They were just, I think they were being artistic. You know, I think people either love the show or they yeah. they, they they fell off after a, a couple of years, but they were finding ways to make it different. You know, Shonda Rhyme, she's, she's, she's a craftsman and Peter Norwalk, um, but they found their audience. You know, they went for it. They went for a what while. They wrapped it up tight. But yeah. speaking of acting, we do have the acting experience. This is a company that, you yeah. know, <laughs> yeah. about it. The acting experience, um, <clears throat> it's basically... It's intended to be a masterclass workshop um, on the weekends. Obviously, we had to adjust with the times. So we do have um, a monthly subscription to acting classes, which Dijon is the amazing host of. I mean, teacher, I said the host. And we do um, panels and all kinds of stuff. So it's called the Acting Experience. Mm -hmm. If you're trying to be an actor, if you're already an actor. T-A-E. T-A-E, honey. Well, see, like I would, I want to be an actor, but I don't like rejection. So I don't want to audition and I don't have the time like Megan or, or Dijon or any of you to get like direct booking. So nobody uh, likes the audition. Yeah. Nobody yeah. likes the audition process. Listen, it's, it's, it's 30 years later and I still audition once yes. in a while. And I mean, honestly, probably half the time. Yeah. You know, mm. um, so at and the end nobody of the day, likes to audition. Nobody no one does. It's like, uncomfortable and it's always I it's I still awkward. have nerves. It's awkward. It's a skill set. And though. you're literally it's going in there. You're like, pick me, you know. Yeah, and then, and then if they tell you like, uh, I don't know, and then I just be like, well, this shit was wack anyway. Most of the time, most of the time <laughs> they do right, say, right, right. not nine times out of ten, you don't do the job. So, but, but you do. But when you do, it's great. Yeah. At the end of the day, I think it's I think it's good for like life lessons. Like, don't take stuff. Mm -hmm. 
do the best you can do, have a you know level of excellence, which meant to be will be, God's in the plan, man's rejection is God's protection, all that stuff. Take so, our class. We'll, we'll yeah, get I was going to say, come we, in. We're we, we going to get you right. Family, family pass. Come oh, on. Oh, 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 oh. No, because uh, I really don't deal with judgment. Like, I could deal with what? like online, I could deal with trolls because it's like, I'll troll you back. But like I, I went on one audition, right? So I signed the ICM and they're like, E is having auditions. And I'm like, well, I've never auditioned, but I'll go, right? So I go, I walk in, I see Nina Parker. She's like, hi, what are you doing here? I'm like, I have an audition. You know, clearly I'm gonna get it because this is what I do. I went in there and I thought I did a good job, but then they told my agent like they liked me, but I, I, I wasn't good enough. And I said to my, I said to my, I said, I'm not saying you weren't good enough. That, that is what they said. They went in another direction. They went direction. in another direction. That's, that's what they said. said. He said what he heard. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, but that's exactly what they said, a.k.a. we ain't interested. And you know what I said? I didn't want that fucking job anyway. Don't send me to no more auditions. I'm I love it, Jay. You're going to come my life coach, honey. You're going to Wait, so what's the name of the foundation that you two have? Uh, really quick. For the greater good. Um, and we do definitely, our social media sucks. Um, but we've been doing the footwork. <laughs> and we've been doing Years. the footwork. Um, yes. And we do need to amp up our events. And I think this time that we're in reminds us what the hell we're yeah. here for. And to stick to our purpose-driven cause. And that's helping these young women. And I know we try to do that by setting a daily example in our lives. Um, and, and we do um, mentor some young women that are very close to us, yes. but also getting those events out there and actively pursuing it, you know, this is a reminder. So it's for the greater good. Um, and it's igniting passion and purpose in young women. That is our mm. Good. And then, and Megan, there's no way we can get Eve's by you with you as a witch doctor or something like that. I mean, like a, like a, I don't know if you could ever read. <laughs> right, I mean, huh? No, that was such a classic. I know people. You're probably tired of talking about that, but that movie is still one of my favorites. No, actually, but no, I would love to play that part because that part is actually joke. fun and interesting. Yeah. And uh, you know, as you know, uh, Diane Carroll played that role. And I, yeah, so I was thinking about that this morning because I watched that Netflix documentary. They got to have us, which was absolutely phenomenal and just really insightful and really inspiring. But I was thinking about, you know, when I when I did Deception, I was the second black woman in 30 years that had been the lead of a TV show on NBC mm. ever. Mm. Um, and the first one was Diane Carroll. And mm. so I was just thinking about this morning how I didn't even understand who she was at 14. Mm. All I knew is that the director, Casey Benders, was so excited mm. to have her. And I thought, well, she's got to be a big deal. She must have done like a lot of great stuff before this. And now being older again, you know, going back to just all of our black history and just seeing the barriers that she broke down and, you know, uh, this, uh, I think it was called Julia, where, you know, that wasn't written for a black woman. Um, mm -hmm. And just, you know, it's just interesting, but I think we've really got to get back to our black history. And because here's the thing, we're learning all kinds of history, but we're not learning enough black history. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Hello. His story. Yeah. His story. Yeah. Not ours. Exactly. Mm -hmm his story, story not ours um and yeah and for and for correction about the Coretta scott thing earlier i didn't know that her middle name was scott like they had just said like coretta king which is like you should know it's mm -hmm. scott king you know what but, I mean? but we but we also have to leave enough room and enough space for us to not feel guilty that we're discovering yeah. what people what people didn't teach us because remember they kept slaves tame because or controlled because they didn't educate them 
Right. Yeah. And I think we have to have um, compassion and, and some, you know, not everybody knows everything and it's okay. I'd rather le you learn it today, three days ago, two weeks ago, than never to learn it at all and yeah. stop judging each other and being self-righteous because just like you're in another arena, you don't know everything. Yeah. So shut the hell up and be kind and patient and let, let love. Learn. All right. So are you making music with Eric over there or no? Which kind? Well, listen, we already, know you, we, 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 are, we already know you've been successful at a, at one kind because you had a <laughs> um, You know, I will say we released, we released a song yeah. for our five-year um, anniversary. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm dipping and dabbling, but to be honest, my heart and my passion is elsewhere. I'm always going to love music. Yes, he, every day, baby, I'm here, I'm here. I'm just you just letting you know. So I yes, I think I'm gonna put out. I'll probably put out some more music. Um, but you know, I really do it because I want to because I feel like it, and and that's pretty much all it is. <laughs> so we did a little song together. We had fun, but I'm scared of him. He's too talented. Uh, he made me quit the business. I said, oh. <laughs> no, I, I'm really happy to see the uh, just black love. Um, just both all of you, you know. And thank you so much for coming on the show, and we'll support it. And um, I'll be looking for my invite. For oh, sure. for sure. We would love to have you. This yeah. is so good. Yeah. You know, for real, Jay, this is, you're awesome. You you, you have a gift because even the way um, this interview is so refreshing and yeah. fun and real. And so, also, you've always been consistent. You have, us. always. No Thank matter you. what we got going on, if we in, out, then or it no matter, matter. Or no matter what we don't have going, going on. on. <laughs> Yeah, but you know, but that but that goes back to at least what I feel like, you know, black media has to start looking at itself because in many ways a lot of us have been a part of the problem. Uh and so when people had interviewed me and said, Well, why did you change your logo to the black fist and why are you re reporting on all of the, what's happening in the streets? I'm like, because one, it's the shit that matters, two, it's this bright thing to do, three, it's what we've been doing, and and four, like what what am I gonna talk about? Who's dating who right now? We don't care right now, you know? So yeah, we all have to, and there's conversations going on on our end too. Like, hey, we gotta we gotta find a way to speak with one voice, at least on this topic, you know? Facts. Good for you, Jason. But yeah, you guys come back anytime and let me know. For sure. We love it. And then, and then Dijon, we're gonna put one of your thoughty photos up. In your oh, yeah. Put a shirt this one up. <laughs> we will. All right, thank you. All right, bye. We appreciate y'all. Thank y'all. What up, YouTube? Thank you for watching this reckless show. Yeah, and hit that subscribe button and don't forget to hit the notification bell. And also don't forget to share and leave a comment because we are reading.